We are Sarah and Laura. We are doulas, mothers, women, wives, and entrepreneurs. We love a lot of things. The gym, food, coffee, health, kombucha, our families, and our friends. We are so committed to being authentic, honest, and vulnerable and showing up here just the way we are. We promise to never positive wash anything, but please know that we are wholeheartedly committed to radically thriving. With this podcast, we hope to connect on a deeper level and talk about hard stuff. Ultimately, we want women and mothers to know deeply who they are and what makes them feel happy. Whether you're getting into a bath or taking us on a walk with you. Or maybe you're commuting to work. We are honored that you chose our podcast to listen to. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Laura. What are we talking about today? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, do we even know? We know. We've been talking about <laughs> we it. We have. We actually yeah. prepared for this one. Yeah. A little bit. So this one is going to be the go-to for when your dude or your partner is not on board with your home birth. Yes. And we're going to be generalizing a lot in this episode and talking about a heterosexual couple, a wife and a husband, because 99% of the time that is what we're dealing with lately. And... We don't mean to be offensive or leave anybody out, but that's just the terms we're going to be using today. We are using a couple. We have a couple in mind, like a, what is that called? A prototype? Do- a prototype. Yeah. We have a prototype couple in mind because we have this conversation all the time with yeah. people who, because we both went through it too. Yeah. So we'll try our best to use partner. Yeah. Uh, if we slip up um, and say, dude, dude, or your husband, <laughs> or your, your man. Your guy. Your man friend. Um, your man friend. And there's a lot of things, yeah, that, that we're assuming that in that heterosexual realm that is the stereotypical around him not being as educated or on board or it part of the process as you. Also, having yeah. gone through COVID for two years, a lot of people have not been attending appointments. Yeah, they're super removed. Yeah. And we definitely have some guys who are happy to read through books. Mm-hmm. I will say it is, uh, they are rare. Yes. Very rare. It's very rare that, I think we, I can think of two, who they were happy to plow through podcasts and books. Yeah. And outside of that, the majority are a no. Yeah. we. Someone did bring up to us audiobooks, which, I don't know, welcome to 2022. We had both never thought of. But throwing on an audiobook and planning a road trip when you're pregnant is probably a great idea. You always talk about commandeering your partner in the car and putting yes. it on our podcast. Because I was commandeered into my relationship because we spent most of my early relationship with Ryan in a tractor. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck. <laughs> Having conversations and listening to country music. That's hilarious. Yeah. What do you feel commandeered into? Being there. Because it was the only way I could see him. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. If you want to be with me, you got to get in this tractor. Yes. Oh, it's so romantic. <laughs> I don't know if that's what I would call it. He also has diarrhea today and is texting me to pick him up ice caps. So is that romantic? That's a hard no. Also, I just feel like that ice cap is just going to go right. right through him. It really is. I mean, coffee goes right through <sighs> me anyway. He's going to be even thinner. <laughs> Don't you love when your dude's thinner than you? We actually, that would be a great podcast topic is what is it actually like when you're bigger than your husband? Because both of us are. Yeah, I know. I'm like, hey, I could wear your jeans. No, I can't. He, I folded a small Ilbury and Goose shirt out of the laundry the other day. It looks like it could fit Everly. It's Ryan's. 
<laughs> I'm also heavier than Brandon. Oh, I'm so way heavier than that's Ryan. That's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really, that's a mental struggle for me. It's such a, um, what do you call that? A stereotype that we're just wanting to fit into. And Okay, and I will say, there's part of me that's okay with it. Because I do love this idea of the masculine and the feminine. And the masculine holds the, you know, the container and the space for this flowy feminine. But I also have a, an idea in there that the masculine is strong and sturdy and stable and is like able to hold and I mean Brandon can totally hold me I'm not saying that but like you know what I'm talking about kind of like I kind of want him to he can throw me over his shoulder it's fine I thought you were gonna say he can throw me against the wall well that's are we going there no I I wasn't gonna go there but that too um and that's fine we're not we're talking like you know the increments are not like I'm not twice his size you know right and I guess but. it's something that many pregnant women are dealing with, too, because oh, you're 100%. growing and outgrowing them sometimes. I'm just thinking of this hilarious meme. I think it's like this massive gorilla just squashing <laughs> a tiny gorilla. Oh, it's like, this is how I feel. <laughs> oh, God, we go through so much. Oh, it's a good time. Okay, okay so really, we're expecting that that so far men have made it through this far already i mean if you've made it this far dudes good for you props to you probably in the show notes will be like hey start five minutes in yeah start at (laughs) let's see what time it is time five Five, minutes yeah exactly five minutes so welcome to our podcast (laughs) about how to get on board with your wife wanting a home birth she's not crazy i promise you it's normal that was a really great intro So you think you want a home birth. So you think you want a home birth. <laughs> Where do we start here? Okay, so why why are some partners reticent to get on board with their partner's home birth? Maybe we should start with why do you think she wants one? Yeah. Why does your wife want a home birth? I mean, I know why I wanted a home birth. Yeah, me too. I was 10 centimeters in the car with my first birth, and I did not want to do that again. And I actually told Ryan that I would not get pregnant again until he agreed to a home birth. That's great. I wanted a home birth because I wanted to be in control of my space. I wanted control over the amount of people in my home. Uh, I wanted it to be nothing like the hospital experience with my twins. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be quiet and centered around me. And I really believed in the flow of oxytocin and that it was hindered by everything around me so I wanted to create my own environment I also knew it was safer mm-hmm. uh for so I guess we'll qualify that later yeah what that means yeah to we'll be touch safer. on the safety thing so she wants to be more in control of her environment she wants to have a better experience and let's face it our culture has become obsessed recently with just the safety of the baby yes and we have eliminated the fact that the mother is is the most important person here if we take care of her and she's doing well and she's feeling well um she's going to deliver a baby more safely more easily and she's going to be able to take care of the baby because she's not going to be traumatized Mm -hmm. um we keep touching on that babies come out with more ease if you're in an environment that is uh conducive to sexual activity Mm. and if you think about it that way Obviously, home 
is a better place to have sex than the hospital in bright lights and an audience. Yeah. Unless you're into that. If you, exactly, think about the environment where you feel comfortable having sex. It's an environment that is um, safe. It is Likely dimly lit. Dimly lit. It is private. Um, it doesn't have uh, a bunch of spectators who want to come in and check your cervix. It's comfortable. Can you imagine? They're like, hey, I just want to check and see how wet you are first. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's horrible. That's disgusting. <laughs> Also, we keep comparing your birthday to your wedding day. Yeah. Nobody wants to get married at a hospital. Fair enough. That's not very nice. Well, and here's the other thing we ended up talking about the other day, which I thought was interesting. We always talk about at birth what we don't want. On your wedding what do you day, want? you always talk about yeah. what you do want. So let's start talking about birth that way. Everyone knows. We already know you don't want an episiotomy. You don't want forceps. You don't want a vacuum. You probably don't want a cesarean. And you probably don't want, um, you know, a million interventions and a pile of cervical cervix checks. checks from seven different people. And to be honest, I think most people who have never had a baby are like, what's the big deal? You're just checking to see how dilated my cervix is. After you've lived through that, you're like, wow, that was really painful. I did not enjoy any of that. And actually, maybe that slowed me down. And we have Dr. Rachel Reed who always says things should be coming down and out, yes, not up and not in. not up and in. Absolutely. And we know that cervical checks, like, are such a subjective thing. One, mm-hmm. it's this finger measurement. Two, does it mean a whole lot? No, actually, I had a midwife telling me a story just yesterday about a prime ep, so a first-time client, who was stretchy to seven. Okay. They broke her water, and eight hours later, she still wasn't in labor. So your dilation really doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. No. So if you can avoid or lessen the amount of them, that is amazing. I mean, and sometimes it just gets in your head so badly. You know, you've been laboring hard for a while. You get checked and you're five centimeters. Yeah. And you have no idea how to quantify that information. Yeah. Well, and the fact that if you're going to the hospital, they actually won't even admit you until you're four centimeters. And Except they do. So like, like last sometimes week, they will. oh yeah. man, we had a client admitted at one centimeter at midnight. And she yeah. should have been at home in bed sleeping. 26 hours later, had a baby. That should not have happened. So why would you want to stay home? What do you want at your birth? Mm. I want great food. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to eat whenever I want. Mm-hmm. And drink and eat all of the things. I don't want to have to pack a cooler and mm-hmm. inconvenience everybody in the room when I need to request my snacks. Mm-hmm. I'd like to be able to walk to my own fridge. I want to be able to prowl around in my backyard i want to be in my own kitchen leaning on the counter i want to be in my own bed in my own shower i want to be around my kids while it's early and distracting and feels good maybe that's your pets for you and then later on i just want to be in a space that doesn't feel medicalized right birth Mm -hmm. used to happen in homes all the time it's not a medical emergency to have a baby yeah it's a you're physio- not sick it's a physiological process and when we go into as much as they say a birth suite mm-hmm. it's a hospital bed yes it's a hospital gown yes and there's beeping machines and there's nurses and there's or lights mm-hmm. and it smells and feels like a hospital and if you're you someone, feel like a guest 100 percent. and if you you and you feel like a patient yes we often tell people in a hospital birth to raise the bed up to the full height and use it as a prop, use it as a counter rather than just getting yourself in it and being treated like mm-hmm. a patient. We also say don't put on the hospital gown. Yes. 
But yeah, there's a lot of reasons why people are choosing home births all the way from hating hospitals Mm -hmm. and wanting more autonomy to, I mean, what else? What other reasons are there that we haven't mentioned? I mean, yeah, just comfort. And then, so what do we hear is the biggest hesitation for the partners? Okay, safety. What, safety. what if something happens? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm okay. I get that. I just, what if something happens? Yeah. What if something happens to her or the baby? <clears throat> okay. So the first thing we tell people is all of the equipment that your midwife brings. Yes. So your midwife will bring all of the same equipment that is available at a level one hospital. Level one hospitals do births every day. The one, there are ones around us like Strathroy Exeter, um, Stratford, all level one hospitals, Woodstock, St. Thomas, St. Thomas. These places all do births every day. People go to have births there. No problem. No second thought. It is no different than having a home birth. You are fooling yourself. That's wild. Eh? The illusion. That the like, illusion. Oh no, but when I arrive at this building, it's I'm safer. magically safer. <coughs> um, when we polled our audience about if they would consider a birth center, I think so many more people would consider a birth center just, again, the illusion of safety. The only thing that the hospital could get you is a quicker ambulance transfer, maybe. If you had to, but you're moving from Stratford to LHSC or Woodstock to LHSC. Like all of those are transfers that are going to have to happen. So for my own husband, that this was definitely a concern with him was, you know, safety. And one of the things our midwife told us was if there is a transfer of care. So first of all, we should talk about the what they call pink flags. Yes. Which is they are not in the business of high risk birth. And so if there is a problem and they're seeing pink flags, so warning signs that things are going sideways. Uh, they are wanting to get you to the hospital sooner rather than later if it's not within their skill set. Um, for the most part, though, people are not transferring those for those reasons, no, right? No, for the most part, you're transferring for pain relief. Yeah. Yeah. Or exhaustion, yeah. right? So yeah. You've, yeah you've... To get the epidural either for pain or exhaustion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, one thing she had mentioned, though, was that if there is an emergency – they are calling up ahead to prep the OR to get everyone ready, which in some cases can be a similar timeline. To if you were at the hospital anyway, so yeah. you'd just be waiting. Now, this is definitely, there's a consideration of where do you live. Yes. So for me, I live five minutes from the hospital. Um, for some people who live 45 minutes from a hospital, some midwives are more leery to do mm-hmm. a home birth, but that's going to be also within the, the realm of your midwife's comfort level with their own skills. Yeah. Um, my husband's biggest concern was definitely safety and being that he was a volunteer firefighter at the time on the local fire department with my cousins and uncles, he was really worried that if we did have to call an ambulance, because sometimes with a home birth, you do end up calling an ambulance just to be on standby at the end. If there has been mech, if the water broke at home and you're staying home, it is. Meconium, so that's when the baby is move their bowels a little early so his concern was your uncles and your cousin are going to come running in and your vagina is going to be on full display well isn't it interesting that you're more uncomfortable with my family seeing my parts than we are with strangers Mm, fair at the hospital anybody's allowed to come in yeah but they're medical so apparently they're yeah (laughs) but uncle joe that's a big problem uncle joe is just as uninterested in seeing my vagina as anybody else so they're just going to make sure that it's not him that comes in if the fire department comes running in. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but for Ryan, what helped was going to the home birth night that woman care midwives had. 
So there, most midwifery clinics, I think, do home birth nights where you can go and attend, or they probably do it over Zoom now, and they will talk about home births. They usually have a couple come in and speak about their experience, and then they go through all of the equipment with you so you can see it all and ask all of those questions. Yeah, they lay it all out. And it is wild. Like when they come to your birth, we often say to our clients, try and have a space a little bit outside of where you are, a table outside the room or like outside, if you're in the bathroom and it's in the bedroom, they're going to be opening up up a ton of sterile things. Mm -hmm. They're going to be making this loud noise while they check the oxygen tank, Um, which I mean, in the amount of home births that we've been to, um, I've seen it be used twice. I don't think I've ever seen it be used. Oh, okay. So I've seen it twice. One time it was just used to puff by the baby's mouth to provide a little bit of extra because baby's blood sats were like 85. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've seen it one other time being used for a minute. Um, But in general, I would say the stats that felt good to Brandon was knowing and and this is what our, my midwife said i i don't have research to back this up but she said 90 percent of babies will breathe spontaneously on their own another nine percent will need a little tactile stimulation and only one percent of babies will need some oxygen assistance and most part time we we blow it by their mouth because straight oxygen in the baby's lungs um can be damaging mm-hmm. um so what do most of our or what do some of our male clients who have experienced a home birth oh sorry i wanted to say one oh, more thing okay go what if the cord is around the baby's neck oh my gosh the cord's around the baby's neck cords around the baby's neck what are we times. gonna do three times three times guess what guys that actually is not a thing one in three people yeah one in three babies have a cord around their neck i'm sure one if not both of my kids did yeah they just reach it it, as the baby's coming out, they just untangle it, right? Yeah. So there's something called Wh- Wharton's jelly. Wharton's. I was going to call it something else. Uh, that it holds the integrity and structure of the blood and artery vessel, artery and vein vessels in the um, umbilical cord, so that even though it's around the baby's neck, it's not being compressed or smushed. Mm-hmm. Also, they're not breathing out their mouth yet. No. So if there is an actual cord issue, which I've seen once, Mm -hmm. that is going to show up in the pink flags. Mm -hmm. That's going to show up in abnormal decelerations and um, heart rate not coming up after contractions in the way the midwives would like. Mm -hmm. So odds are your midwives probably would have suggested a transfer if there was time. Mm-hmm. And if your baby came flying out and there wasn't time, usually you're all good. Yeah. I mean, fast babies have time to quickly recuperate anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So what are what are our dads telling us after home births, after they've made the choice and had a home birth? We've had lots who have had previous hospital births as well and then done the home birth. Yeah. So if you want to check out, there's a few podcasts here that you could listen to. One is the one with Zach and Britt Havens. They had a home birth after three hospital births. Um, You could check out the one with Kate and Tim. They had a home birth after a hospital birth for their second. Um, There's one with Laura Sudemans. Yes. She talks, both of hers were home births. Both of hers were home births. I mean, she's a level 12 crunchy. So she planned her first home birth and her husband is also pretty crunchy and on board. So Mm -hmm. he was good with it. He ended up... So decide who you identify with more and listen to those podcasts. Totally. But in general, some of their reflections were, I felt way more involved in this birth and way more connected to my partner 
it was amazing. I would totally, it's totally the way to go. Yeah. This has the ability to be a very traumatic experience and a very removed scenario for a partner. If you're in the hospital and things get a bit squirrely, as the partner, you do not know what the heck to do. Mm-hmm. If you have a doula, then maybe she's helping you stay informed and involved, mm-hmm. but often things get swept away mm-hmm. and you are not kept in the loop. At home, the the husband has so much to do. They're mm-hmm. so involved. They know where everything is. Mm-hmm. They get to be the host and mm-hmm. thrive on being involved, mm-hmm. and being a part of it. Mm-hmm. When you go to the hospital, they get to do the drive. I think that's why they get so excited for the drive. Yeah. And then you get there and you're kind of just a bystander. Yeah. And I've heard men say often they just didn't know where to stand. They yeah. didn't want to be in the way. Yes. And they don't feel like an integral part of the birth. When we always say to our clients, you know, you know your partner, we know birth. And so together we make a really great team because you can really lean into what you know she likes. You see an expression on her face and you know she's good or she's not good. Um, You know, in the hospital, you can feel really removed and like everyone else has a role and a job Mm -hmm. and you're not sure if you should just be sat on that chair. Yeah. And so sometimes you do. and You you do just sit on the chair. Really left out. Yeah. Um, What else have we heard dads say about home births? Just that they feel important, that they fall more in love with their partner. We've heard that before. Yeah, I fell in love all over again. Yeah. Like, look at her. She's so amazing. Did you see how amazing she is? Oh my goodness, look how beautiful she yeah. is. And also, like as the partner, you get to eat your own food. Yeah. And you and get to go to bed in your own bed afterwards. So we had, um, here's the thing. Like if you're in the hospital, you've worked a full week. And I know sometimes we can get kind of down on guys because we're like, dude, you're not even the one having the baby. But you've worked a full week. You've been up all day and all night. There's not really somewhere where you can go catch a one-hour nap. No. If you're at home, honestly, someone's going to look after the baby once the baby's born. Yeah. So often we are able to say like, go grab a two-hour nap. I promise I will wake you up if anything cranks up. Yes. I've got this. And, you know, and she'll even say like, yeah, okay, you go have a sleep. And that just really can't happen in the hospital. No, it's really difficult. I've tried to encourage dads at the hospital for to go like sleep in the car. Yeah. And they have a really hard time doing that. Yeah. And falling asleep in the room is really, really tough. I mean, you can bring earplugs, but it feels weird when there's hospital staff bustling around you in a room and you're sleeping. And there's beeping and happening. There's beeping and-, and it's just, if you can be at home, it is a wonderful safe option and it really keeps reinforcing the idea that this is normal this is okay this is how it's supposed to go and if we can really unplug unprime ourselves unlearn that every movie and every tv show that we have seen since we've started watching tv has been the same Mm -hmm. you are always in a hospital bed screaming your face in a rush yep you do the crazy drive to the hospital you've got your legs in the air um, there's sweaty face. Mm-hmm. Someone's counting while you do this massive push. There, there's really just not a lot of imagery around someone laboring, feeling good, peaceful, making some sexy moaning sounds. Because yeah, it's honestly mostly boring. Yeah. They get in the tub. They get in bed. They have a snack. They lay on the couch. They bounce on their ball. They do their thing. They go for a walk. I mean... And you then, watch the OC and eat pizza. And then really they may have their they may push standing up 
and then just catch their baby and bring their baby up in their chest. They may get in the birth tub or in your regular tub and push the baby out in the water. They may uh, choose to deliver on their hands and knees or on high knees. Um, it's pretty rare that we see that unless women are totally mm-hmm, exhausted, so that they will choose and on their back. Sometimes yeah. back labor they will because they like the pressure on their back. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes on their side because they're exhausted. But intuitively, we don't see women get in that lithotomy position. Yeah. If you are somebody who really, really wants an unmedicated birth, planning a home birth is the number one best thing that you can possibly do for yourself. 100%. I was at a birth uh, a few months ago and she just had a really long um, and hard labor and she she mentally was faltering a few times where she she was like, I just don't think I can do this. I'm giving up. This is so hard. And I know without a doubt if we were in the hospital that she would have had an epidural. Mm-hmm. Um, but what kept her going was that she just didn't want to get in the car to go, like pack up and get in the car to go get an epidural. So then she was able to keep going and had her home birth yeah. like she wanted. It really helps with your goals. Yeah. It does. Because there is a point in every labor, home or hospital, where there's a bit of a reconciling, right? Like, we, I think that's why it's called transition, or maybe it's, it's one of the benchmarks of transition, is where you say something that you never thought you'd say, or mm-hmm. you say something that you didn't want, or you regret something, or you, you change your mind, right? Um, I don't need another baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, it was. I said, uh, I I don't want to do this today. Yeah, I did not today. I don't want to do this today. And it's like, what did I think my options were at that right. point? Like, there's a baby. Shut her down. Rock it out of me. <laughs> and it's not. It's not rational. It's um, yeah. Should we address the mess? Because there are some yes. super clean dudes out there yeah, who so get caught up in the mess. When you brought up about the birth center, mm-hmm. I do think that is one of the... I'm just thinking about a home birth I was at where um, I do think they will end up throwing out their bedroom rug. Oh, yeah. I went to uh, the aftermath of an accidental home birth Yeah. in a very beautiful brand new white home. Yes. And I scrubbed the grout for a very long time. Yes. The toilet paper holder was ripped out of the wall. Yes. Out of a fit of contraction. Yes. And uh, this is actually a great story. So the dad was super into pillows. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so never happens. <laughs> so he's super into pillows. So he's telling me this story after I'm there, I'm cleaning the grout, we're chatting and he, he's telling me about pillows. And I was like, okay, so wait a second. I'm looking in the bathroom and I'm remembering I cleaned up a very soiled pillow or two from the bathroom that he had tossed in there when this baby was accidentally flying out unassisted. And I was like, wait a second. So when you were throwing pillows at your wife in the bathroom as your baby's coming out, did you quantify what pillows were being thrown oh yeah those were the ikea pillows he says <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing oh they were not the bougie they pillows. were not the bougie expensive pillows oh that's amazing oh, uh man. this one or this one yeah. i mean he probably made the decision he, pretty quickly they literally everything went in the trash yeah it was all gone i yeah i scrubbed for an hour um this rug and i like i usually say getting blood out of things is my superpower but not, not that, that day no not you can't be day. perfect yeah i should actually start packing like my own pack of things because mm. like if i'd have had yes. tied yeah i could have done it that's smart but i just they were into like all the natural detergents and mm. it's like go clean co says you need the enzymes in to get tied. the blood yeah so 
So, I mean, that's an option. If you're having a home birth and you're concerned about cleaning, ask us to pack our Super Go Clean Co. kit that Sarah's going to create, <laughs> the home birth blood removal kit, yes. and we'll come with that. I mean, honestly, if things go in the laundry quick, yeah. cold water and tide, everything comes out. Um, and, I mean, we're bleeding women who have been washing underwear blood mishaps for our entire life. In eternity. So we know how to get things out. Yeah. Um, I will say... If you're planning a home birth, there are so many things you can do to prevent this stuff. Like if you have a $10,000 rug under your bed, roll that up and put that away. <laughs> yeah, I would probably move that. Yeah. And if, I mean, we always talk about using old sheets and putting a shower curtain. Yeah. There's a home birth list yes. that you will get that is really great for making everything seamless. So mm-hmm. two recycling, or sorry, two garbage bins with bags in them. One is a garbage bag and one is for laundry. Yeah. And so things are constantly getting thrown in those bags bags and usually between ourselves or the midwives that's getting washed within the two hours after you've had the baby we're usually starting that load yes normally it gets rewashed because no one puts it in the dryer and it rots for two days yes that's pretty rotten yeah um so yeah you want to remove expensive carpets you can use tarps um even when emptying a birth tub at one birth because the dad was super clean we had a whole path of tarps to carry the buckets out on because mm. he did not want to drop a water spilling on that floor. But these things are all figure outable. Totally. Like, this is why we do our prenatal visits for home births. We come to your home, we assess the situation and we talk about like, what could this look like if you're moving from like the bed to the tub and the tub is on one floor and the beds on the other, you may want to get a mattress down to where the tub is. So you're in one room or on one floor. Um, a bit about the tub, it actually keeps it pretty clean it in does. the sense that, you know, if there's any poops, we pull it out with the um, fishnet mm-hmm. floater. Um, if you're bleeding in the tub, whatever, that water's getting drained anyway. Um, I would say that it's, it's probably a water birth is, is cleaner. It's cleaner, yeah. Yeah, the only time there's any mess for a water birth is really when you're getting out yeah. to check if they need any repair. Yeah. But yeah, you want to limit the amount of traveling with that and the midwives and us we do a great job of making sure that things are contained totally. and cleaning up after the walkthrough we put our birth tub right in the kitchen so it was so jacob was born in the kitchen in the birth tub and that way the five gallon pails to dump the water was like it didn't have to travel anywhere mm-hmm. and we didn't even have to uh, attach a hose to the tap we just literally pulled the the thing thing over yeah. and filled it Genius. or i think brandy used a bit of a pvc pipe to run the water down because mm-hmm. the, the nice thing with the birth tubs is that the bottom is inflatable so it's cushy so you can put it somewhere hard yes yeah. and i think we even put um those play mats interlocking oh, play yeah, mats the foam ones. underneath yeah because it's really nice for whoever's your support yes. people to kneel around it and I've actually been in another home birth I was forgetting about this one um where she had the tub in her living room and that's what we did too put the interlocking stuff on the floor on the hardwood because I was also afraid the hardwood was it was really old home yeah and I was afraid the hardwood was gonna nick the tub right smart yeah so all this stuff is figure outable with your midwife with your doula with your birth attendant whoever's coming to your birth talk about the home birth stuff have someone come um so I actually that brings up When do you make this decision? I think that if I had been told with my first birth, you can plan to have a home birth and change your mind at any time and stay home as long as you're comfortable and as long as things are going well, I think I would have had a home birth with my first because everything did go well and I had to get in the car 
at 10 centimeters while I was pushing. And that sucked. If I had been told, yeah, you can do both. You can plan a home birth and you can change your mind for literally no reason. And we'll pack up all the stuff and we'll go to the hospital. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty great. One last thing I wanted to talk about was, and no one's actually asked this question, but I, I feel like... <laughs> you should. Yeah, so, you know, when you hear about forceps and and um, <clears throat> vacuums, those are not things that your midwife brings. Right. So if that begs the question, well, why are forceps and vacuums not needed at home births? And hmm. I mean, this is... That's un- a really great question, isn't it? <laughs> So, I mean, it's an unfortunate pathway that is not discussed. Sometimes I... Uh, it's hard to not get guilty and shamey about it. Well, it's it's more... So there's a, there's a book called Birth Like a Feminist that mm-hmm. you have read and I have not. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you can apply some insight here into this idea of like, I, I deserve or I can have a painless birth if I want and I can mm-hmm. choose an epidural if I want. Can yeah. you speak to that? I mean... There, especially with sexual trauma, there's a lot of reasons why somebody may not want to experience pain or be able to feel anything. Yeah. Yeah. And is that in that book? Yeah. 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 They talk a lot about that. Um, And not even just sexual trauma, any trauma really. Um, And like, yeah, we have the option and the world is your oyster, but they'll let you elect to have an epidural. Absolutely. But very rarely will they let you choose to have a cesarean. Like I had to help a client advocate for a cesarean because she had a ton of pain from a hernia and she was terrified to push. It hurt her to even get up from sitting. She really wanted a cesarean and she did end up getting it, but it was, it was a fight and it's not common that we deal with that. Um, but it is an option. So I do feel like that's something that is a bit different about the states and Canada. I feel like it's easier to advocate for an elective C-section. Because you're paying for it. Yeah, than it is here. Yeah. So one of the things, and maybe this isn't, maybe at the time when you are deciding, is the wrong, it's the wrong time to talk about all the pros and cons of an epidural. But I do wish that this was talked about earlier on in your appointments with your midwife or your OB to say, no shame to you if you want an epidural, but let's be realistic about the facts. Yeah. And the facts are that when you have an epidural, you also need IV fluids to bring your blood pressure back up because an epidural tanks it. When you have lots of extra interstitial fluid, it makes you puffy. You're also locked into, you know, right side, left side, or on your back. You're not mobile. You're not upright. You're not moving around. So when we are using forceps, it's usually because the baby is high and maybe a bit stuck under the pubic bone and we don't have movement. We don't, we're not able to yeah. lunge and squat and movement get in the tub. Movement is a huge tool. And so there's a, there's something called the Gaskin, which is where you're having a, baby, a shoulder dystocia. So baby's head is out, but the shoulder's a little stuck and we get you to flip um, quickly from back to front or front to back and that movement um I don't know what percent of the time, but very highly, mm-hmm. get, you know, is effective in moving the baby out so yeah. that forceps aren't even necessary. So forceps and, and vacuums are a tool that go, unfortunately, hand in hand with the immobilization that an epidural, right. um, you know, causes. Yeah. And we've talked about this a lot. Like we would love if um, a lower dose epidural was available. Um, yeah. But to some, make movement possible. And it's hard, you know, to even know when to stop pushing your button and how and when to even ask for that. Um, but that's a whole other story. But just to say that 
you know, in a home birth, when it's not an option, it takes it off the table. And we, we know that when women, if, if you're not, if you're not looking like a goddess or beautiful in birth, Mm -hmm. it's because someone's not treating you right. And so when you are supported and held and loved and you are comfortable and feel safe. Yeah. And you have good music on and you have good lighting and you are you know just free to make whatever sound you want and you're not apologizing to everybody Mm -hmm. um you just have an easier more comfortable time for me personally I was doing really well with my bare feet on the grass and watching my kids carving pumpkins I could just navigate through the contraction pretty easily um, but then I would go inside every once in a while and it, I started to feel sorry for myself and it felt really, really intense. And so I was like, ah, I'm just going to go back outside. Um, so there's a lot to be said for what makes your oxytocin flow. The love drug is what also means that you can have endorphins and endorphins are like Tylenol 3s. They're taking that pain away. And so there's a lot at a home birth that means that you don't have to wonder, do I have a high enough pain tolerance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think that's a good little... I mean, how long is their attention span anyways? We don't want this to be a long episode. (laughs) (laughs) Right, guys? You know that you agree. You're done listening to us talk to you about a home birth. Fair enough. (laughs) Now put on something else to listen to. But thank you for just taking the time to acknowledge your wife's desires and give it some thought. Yeah, and I I hope you reach out to us if you feel like we didn't cover anything and we'll do a little addendum Addendum. on uh, the beginning of... A mini-sode. A (laughs) mini-sode. Could we ever have a mini-sode? We talk too much. Fair enough. Um, But go listen to that Britt Havens and Zach Havens podcast and the Kate and Tim one. If this intrigued you, hear it from the horse's mouths. Exactly. It's so powerful to hear it from people who are literally making that decision in the same year, right? Yeah. Deciding, let's do a home birth. Let's have the baby here. What else do we need to know? What should we read? What should we watch? How do we get on board? What do I need to know? Let's go. Mm-hmm. And watch um, Birth Time. Birth Time. Yes. Oh, yes. And we have a 20% off code if you want one. So maybe we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. We would just love it if you would take the time to leave us a five-star rating, a review. If you'd subscribe to our show... You can screenshot it while you're listening to us and even share it on the gram. Remember, you are important too. Disclaimer, we are not medical professionals. Everything said here is our own opinion and not to be taken as medical advice. We do not take any responsibility from the outcomes of you taking our advice. Please seek medical advice from your trusted healthcare professionals.